We are Hottest 100s and Thousands, and we have taken control of your radio station. This is the podcast in which we talk about the songs that have been deemed hot enough to be in the Triple J Hottest 100. My name is David James Young, and I am one of the four voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour or so. Joining me once again, Mr. Nathan Harrison. Do 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 do. Mr. Andrew McDonald. Ba ding ding. And Mr. Adam Barnshaw. Yeah. Welcome back, my friends. We are edging ever closer. We're so close. To the yeah. end. My only friend, the end. I can't believe we did it. Not to start the victory parade already, but <laughs> holy shit, like we've gone through... Who knows how it will go in a couple yeah, of weeks. The best of times <laughs> and the worst of times, but... Uh, I bet against us. <laughs> <laughs> we just get... Those, and the number one song is, and we all just yeah. fucking die. <laughs> the, like the whole building just explodes. <laughs> I, you don't want that, neither do I. Let's uh, let's let's keep positive thoughts going, and let's move in to number fifteen. This is Iggy Pop with Wild America. <laughs> America. For those of you who don't know Iggy Pop, press stop. Go listen to Funhouse. Go listen to the first Suges record. Go listen to the fucking... Raw Power. The Idiot. Yeah, Yeah, go, just go and get everything of Iggy Pop and just stick it up inside of you. And let it just (laughs) marinate for a bit. Because you need this man in your life. Iggy is one of my all-time favorite rock stars. Just an iconic, defiant, fuck you, I will do whatever the hell I want, whenever the hell I want, what you see is what you get, performer. From the second I lay my eyes on him, thinking, who is this crazy old man running around without a shirt on on stage? I had no idea what was going on, but I knew I wanted more. The first time I ever saw Yee Pop was when he was on Countdown. Obviously, I wasn't alive for Countdown, but I was watching Rage, and they were showing bits of Countdown. And there's Iggy Pop in bright orange pants, not even pretending 
but just really shittily lip-syncing along to the song I'm Bored. Great. Just yeah. throwing himself... He even just throws the mic mic and the mic stand away. It's like, I don't need this shit. I'm just gonna... I'm just gonna... Yeah, that's one of the great along like the fucking dog. The, in, the interview with Molly is it's, essential. It's oh, impeccable. Incredible. He's just... He's just one of the all-time greats. Yeah. Just incredible. And, of course, most people my age, as Australian 20-whatevers will know Iggy Pop from his inclusion in the Rage theme song. His version of Real Wild Child by Johnny O'Keefe was warped and chopped about and used in the title credits for Rage! Is that what that was? Yeah. yeah. Mm. That's really cool. Yeah, the guy real dancing real and wild, like... Wild, 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 wild. Real wild, 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 Yeah, yeah. Five minutes in, I've already learned something. Yeah, there that's you awesome. go. That's the so more great. you know. 17 so, episodes in. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's the first thing I've learned. <laughs> Here we come to Iggy Pop in the 90s, where he's in his mid-40s, he's kind of in and out of relevancy, the Stooges are long gone at this point, he's only had one hit in the last few years, which was a duet with uh, Kate Pearson from the B-52s, Candy, which is a wonderful song in its own right. Here he's trying to recapture uh, some of the glory of the Stooges, which is another essential band uh, to listen to, just in the history of rock music. To me, the Stooges are the first punk band. If you go back and find, uh, you know, people just, oh, this is sick. Just, no, it wasn't. You go back to 1969 and there's the fucking Stooges right there. Yeah, I think it's a strong case for that. Yeah. I think a lot mm-hmm. of people have kind of said, or, or at least like proto-punk, but like, yeah. so, so for me, for me, to, For me, that's yeah. where punk rock started with, with Iggy and the Stooges, man. So, uh, yeah, we get to this point where he's kind of in and out of relevancy and he's trying to find his voice again and he's going for some of the crassness and some of the, like, slumming inner city weirdo kind of thing that he's going for uh, here. And uh, for my money, I think he succeeds. I really dug this track. Like, the guitar works really well. His particular style of... The the mumbling, droning, occasionally lilting uh, vocals, uh, which is him to a T... It works really, really well here. It's just a really trashy rock jam, and I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah, this was from, yeah, like I said, a really interesting period in Iggy Pop's career, where it was not so much a revitalization, but just kind of a, hey guys, I'm still around, you know. This is, this, I, I haven't really gone anywhere. This is, yeah. I'm still, I'm still kind of kicking around. Because after the, I guess, the 1980s, he kind of like lulled about with a quite a large number of generic rock, and I guess dorky metal influenced kind of mm. generic music and this yeah one, totally this record the um, American Caesar record was yes. certainly like his best record in a long time I think totally and um, one of his best records I guess the last kind of 20 years like I, I'd it's, say it's up there for yeah. sure Andrew uh, what do you th- well, obviously yeah. you're you're a bit of a Stooges Huge, fan yeah. love Stooges love Iggy see him twice live can't, can't love the man more those first three Stooges records are three of the most essential records in the history of hard rock Absolutely. Um, again, the Idiot and Last for Life records, great early, I guess, post-punk records. Sure, well. really yeah, absolutely. Stuff. Amazing records. Yeah. Um, and this, like I said, American Caesar, it's a good record. Um, I don't go that well for it. This is nobody's favourite Iggy Pop, but no. it's still good. No one goes to an Iggy no. show. It's like, damn, damn it's like Wild America. Much, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's good. It's got that kind of, I guess, almost Rollins bandy kind of vibe, which I guess they were kicking about around this time as well. Sure. And he's in it as well. Like, Henry Rollins is in the spot in the middle. He is, yeah. And it makes sense. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, year. American. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I kind of, 
I, I'm happy to indulge Iggy ranting about um, the whole Americanness of Iggy Pop as an icon because he is incredibly American. The whole vibe of Iggy Pop is American, and I think this is a great representation of that. The the guitar is great, the production is neat, the solo is filthy fantastic, oh, and when so he, good. Uh, I am always going to get a smirk when he says exterminate the blues. Like I love <laughs> oh, it boy. in a John Spencer kind of way. Like I, yeah, I like. It's a very good song. It's not. Yeah. I, I, I never think to myself. Oh yeah, I'll put that album on. Oh, yeah, I want to listen to Wild America, but sure. when it's on, I enjoy it enough. Yeah, sure. Yeah, well, it's part of a countdown, for example. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Adam, uh, <coughs> I, uh, I'm not sure of like if you know much about the Stooges or Iggy. In yeah, general, no, I've, but, I've uh, heard the first two Stooges albums, and I and I love them. Awesome. I think, however, I have to say that Raw Power, we've discussed this, is kind of is kind of a thing, but like I feel like it suffers from having the best track as its number one, as its, really as, as its opener. It's got, it, it suffers from. Uh, Court of the Crimson King Syndrome, as it's called, where like the first track of the album it's like, oh, is just God, drive and you don't want to see it further. Like you've yeah. got that song, and you're just like, holy I just shit! Wanna, I just want to listen to that again and again yeah. and again, and then just like you're done with the album because you've listened to the first song twelve times. <laughs> yeah. and that's, that's what the album is for you now. So that's I kind of get. Yeah, I didn't. I, I kind of have that with the second album, but I also really like Funhouse as well. And yeah, I haven't listened to it as much as I should, but it's something that like. Have you heard the soft title album? I don't think I've known. I haven't heard that one. I was that's, only, yeah, the first that's two. got 1969 and mm. I Want to Be Your Dog and No Fun on it. Oh, cool. See, I know yeah, I Want to yeah. Be Your Dog like yeah, as a, as a single song. Yeah. Which so, is awesome. Do you know when, when, we, when we saw them at Big Day Out and they played that twice? Yeah. Yeah. Of it was course. Like, yeah. And Closer. And Closer, yeah. So, right. Why the fuck not? Exactly. That's awesome. Because he's Iggy Pop. Yeah. yeah. Uh, have you heard much of Iggy's solo stuff? No, I haven't heard any of his Iggy's solo stuff apart from this. But like, yeah, right. really, life, obviously. But I know who Iggy Pop is even outside of music as a symbol and as a rock god yeah. and I think sometimes when people as you say there's a huge gap between his early golden age period and this song and sometimes there's a whole lot that gets lost and I don't yeah. think that's the case here I think what you see is the legacy yeah, and you totally. read the rock god status about it and I think his reputation and who Iggy Pop is carries the song further than it would have gone if it wasn't an Iggy Pop song absolutely, absolutely. If, this was, if this was Urge Overkill doing the song I wouldn't Ugh. like it nearly <laughs> yeah. as much we must never speak of that band again <laughs> Yeah, I, I think what I love about it as well is, is it's so friggin' raw. Like there are mistakes oh, sure. you can hear mistakes. Yeah, in yeah. This song. <laughs> it's messy. It's, it's a messy so song. messy and Which so is, is what you perfect. Want. Yeah. yeah, and even like the repetition and the way it keeps going with that same riff over and over again, it just makes it wilder because yeah. it's just yeah. it's just the same thing and it keeps getting looser. Sure. Sure. You hear the mistakes more because it's the same thing over and over again, and I love that. Nathan, yeah. you mentioned you you've seen the Stooges, and uh, I I can only assume like you you've mentioned getting into punk rock in high school, so I can only assume Stooges were a big. Yeah, that. yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I dabbled in, like, later Iggy Pop. I remember getting Avenue B and being like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Like, that's that's fine. Yeah. Sure, like, yeah. It's just, in terms of Iggy Pop, I like, there will be very few scenarios where I'd want to listen to Iggy Pop and I wouldn't just go to the early Stooges stuff. Yeah, fair this enough. This is a good song, though. I think, like, it's, yeah. it's really good. I'm cautious that I, I want to like it more than I do yeah, like it. Yeah, there's a bit of that. Yeah, just because it's Iggy <laughs> Pop. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, so you can do no wrong. Yeah. That's not true at all. Yeah. You can do a fair bit of yeah. wrong. Yeah, yeah we've seen it, especially in the last few years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it is a really good song. The guitar is amazing. Like, he gets to go off a little bit at the end. Yeah, yeah like, man. You know, yeah. Taller houses, taller yeah. children, more of this. <laughs> taller kids. Taller kids. It's just yeah. amazing. So it's great. Good. But this song, like, it, it does it does enough of what Iggy does so well, which is just that, like, wide-eyed, childlike, frenzied mania and hysteria and, yeah. and wonder. And, and, like, it captures that, and so that's that's great. Yeah. Fucking A. I must say, with um, Iggy, I think a wonderful thing that he's done in recent years was a couple of kind of lounge 
French Nouveau, like kind of soft jazz inspired records. Because he said that was yeah. the punkest yeah, thing he could do. That's incredible. He's sick of young kids being not playing guitar well and calling it punk rock. So he's, his yeah, last couple yeah. of records, I guess the closest touchstone would be Leonard Cohen's mid to late 80s work. I'd say soft, kind of gravelly voiced, chantreuse-esque material. But another punk idol that you had early on released a country album, isn't that right? Who did, like, it was a similar kind of thing. So, from a band you guys really like, both you and yourself, Andrew and Nathan, was someone from... Possibly. Maybe Grateful Grateful Dead. Jello Biafra made an album with Mojo Nixon in the mid nineties. Oh no! (laughs) No, I I remember. I remember you talking about like some some frontman for a punk band released like a really really country album because that was the punkest thing that he could do at the time. Oh my! I mean, like Greg Graff from from Bad Religion is is a folk songwriter. Maybe that was who was who was Bad Religion. But he made folk records. Yeah, but like, but even his Bad Religion songs, they're like they're they're folky. Yeah, you can tell he's born and bred. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, the um the recent Iggy records that are. Kind of, I guess, Shine Shoes inspired. It just shows that he he's not comfortable sitting still. And I think that no, he never um, was. Yeah, even when like these this kind of material, uh, like Wild America, it is it does err closer to generic rock than his perfect material does. But yeah. it's still he's not he's not sitting still. He's always busy. He's always doing something. And even yeah. if it's kind of nineties hard rock, it's still mm. a Nicky Pop nineties hard rock. And I think For that's sure. something yeah. to, excellent to enjoy. Yeah, I, I think the conversation about as well, like what is punk music or what is like genuinely punk, like punk attitude as opposed yeah. to punk music, you know, music yeah. style, is a really fascinating one, and it's always interpreted really, really interestingly. Yeah, and I think you're going mental on this kind of thing like that. There's there's, there's a sheer punkness to it all. He's a yeah. middle aged man, like acting like a buffoon, and that's it's wonderful. That's punk. Yeah, totally. Uh, before we move on, uh, two points. First one, what did we think of the video? <laughs> it's age. Yeah. <laughs> Amazingly, Iggy has it. Yeah, yeah. Like he was forty six in that video. He's just he preserved. Looked, yeah, he looks amazing I in think, that video. I think he's lost weight since then as well. How's that even possible? Then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's. I mean, like, I, I want to indulge it because he's such an interesting yeah. guy, and you're like, I actually care about your origin story because you're Iggy Pop. Yeah. But also, it's a bit weird. Yeah, like, it just, just cuts in and out of the song. You're yeah. just like, oh, okay. and and then all of the the female vocals. As yeah, well. yeah, just which like, just yes. like apropos of nothing. It's yeah. like, yeah, oh, yeah, not, yeah. <laughs> it's very strange. It's not as good as just hearing the song. <laughs> yeah, totally. And uh, did anyone here listen to the Stooges album from last year? Yes, I think it's much better than the weirdness. Yes, uh, but I still that was a fucking terrible. The, the weirdness album. is putrid, and this is. I, honestly, I'd put um, what's it called? Ready to die. Ready to die. Yeah, yeah. I'd put ready to die in the same category as uh, Iggy's, I guess, mid '90s material, which is listenable but not worth like. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't. It wasn't much of a no. kind of just like I need to keep yeah. this thing to the record. It doesn't repair the legacy that the weirdness ruined. <laughs> what was so bad about the weirdness? It's just fucking meandering, pissy bullshit. It's like um, a, a, a teacher from. Uh, High school yeah, yeah. described it to me as when you, if there was a like a pinup model from the 60s and yeah. then they did another pinup spread in 2003, you would check it out because of sheer interest, but you still wouldn't like it the same way you'd like a pinup model from the 60s. And yeah. that's exactly what the weirdness that's is. It's such a weird metaphor. But that is <laughs> all wrinkly and yeah. flappy. Yeah. And it's just like, to, it's, it's not that time anymore. Yeah. If, if Iggy Pop did do a pinup shoot, he'd probably look great. I'd oh, love God it. Damn. <laughs> I would love that. Yeah. We've seen Iggy Pop in a dress. We know we yeah. can work oh. it. <laughs> Brilliant shot. All right, fellas, let's strut our stuff at number 14. This is the Violent Femmes with I Held Her 
in my arms. in my arms. We're going to throw this one to Andrew. You've gone wild like a blister in the sun many, many a time. I have. I I, I have very little time for people who have very little time for the violent things. <laughs> it's a great policy are, to have. Excellent they are, they are just fucking wonderful. Those first few records of theirs just do that kind of, I don't know, that indie college poppy rock sound yeah. so fantastically. I love Gordon Gano's vocals. I love Richie's instrument work. I just think they're an incredible band. And this song... Interestingly, was originally released on 1986's The Blind Leading the Naked, which then was included on a 1993 compilation, which I then got we got a single release, and then that's why it's not one hundred. 100. That's so this pretty is tricky. tricky. So 1986 yeah. is the uh, this this I guess. Replaces Can you imagine hottest one hundred voters going through a yeah. fucking loophole? Yeah, <laughs> but like that's like like if they were like if when say I don't know they re-released. I know Nirvana's recently in Utero was re-released. Did yeah, they, do, do those songs now qualify for the next yeah song? for twenty thirteen? Yeah, <laughs> um, like this, like the remix version. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, all the twenty year albums that are coming out. Yeah, this exactly. Year. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. a good countdown. Yeah. Oh man, but it's like number one is Illmatic. Yeah. <laughs> Damn right it is. <laughs> but yeah, like the, the, which is interesting. This, this replaces the ship song for the earliest tune in the countdown. Mm, um, yeah, okay, but this song, honestly, I adore it. It's not like the, the, the thing about this. The Violent Femmes didn't... I don't think they ever did big full band rock as well as they did stripped back material. Like the best Violent Femmes album is, of course, the self, the, the debut record. Hell fuck yeah. It's incredible. an amazing album. Um, and this... Um, the later material still very good, I think. Even things like 3 and stuff like that are incredible. But this song, even though it has the horns and there's a bit more full band sounding kind of thing, despite it not being their best sound, they still just nail it so well. There's so much love about this. It has that... That naive thing that Gano does so well, that naive sexuality that he does, yeah. um, that awkward kind of held her in my arms, didn't know if it was a boy or a girl, and like, <laughs> held her in my arms that it wasn't you, and it was this awkward kind of like, that high school approach to sexuality, and he does it all the time, and he does it yeah. fantastically. I guess he, was even, he was even doing that in high school. Yeah, the, the, these, these songs were written, a lot of them were written when he yeah. was in high school, and you can tell, but they just polished, like, I guess these two core cool re- recurring themes are 
I guess, Christian iconography and awkward sexuality. And this is the awkward sexual phase. I adore it. It's a yeah, great song. Yeah. I can't help but smile along to it. The riff is great. Everything about it. I just, just yeah. that horn section. The horn oh, is yeah. Yeah. So, like, like, We brought up the whole high school thing. As you guys will know, I have an obsession with rock trivia and old school, like, classic rock stories that have, like, become legend. One of these stories involves Gordon Gaynor performing at a school assembly a song called Gimme the Car which ended up on the first uh, Violent Femmes record. And he got to the line, Come on, girl, I ain't no runt. Come on, girl, give me your... And he got expelled. <laughs> wow. That's incredible. <laughs> like, expelled? Like, oh, yeah, was... he got expelled. Was that the end of his schooling, or did he just transfer to school? <laughs> I have no idea. But uh, all I know I'm is... I'm worried for his education. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust me, he turned out He's fine. Okay, okay. that's <laughs> nice, that's good. <laughs> to me, the Violent Femmes are a consistently underrated band. A lot of people will only know, of course... Was in the Sun. Yes, but... Yeah. Uh, uh, they've they've definitely had a revitalised interest over the years. Uh, Niles Barkley on their debut album did an amazing cover of "Gone Daddy Gone," which yeah. is another crucially underrated Femmes track. And the Femmes repaid them by then uh, covering "Crazy." Covering "Crazy," yeah, yeah. like many people did back yeah. in two thousand six. Oh, what a what a time! What a time <laughs> to be alive! Uh, yeah, a really fun band with really creative uh, take on folk rock. You know, from having the uh, the stand up uh, drummer with yeah. the various back, yeah, yeah very stripped back formats and those strained like meh, raspy kind of vocals that didn't really fit into anything else that was going on at the time. They they really carved out a niche, and I really really liked that. In the grand scheme of things, I Held Her In My Arms probably isn't my go-to Violent Femmes single, but uh, I think it's really fun all the same. As we've mentioned, the horns are just fantastic. Uh, it's it's just got a great spirit to it. The, the ambiguity and the confusion in the yeah. lyrics. It's uh, it's just a fun romp, and it's really cool. Like Despite it being anachronistic, it is really cool that this song ended up in here. And they're still going to this day. Yeah. Uh, as as uh, I was talking to Andrew about this before, uh, Dresden Dolls drummer Brian Viglione is currently the drummer in the Violent Femmes, yeah. which is... Cool. Crazy considering, uh, like Brian grew up like obsessing over the Violent Femmes, you know, mm. they were like his childhood heroes, and now he's he was fucking drumming for them, which is always crazy. nice when that happens. Like I, Lindsay yeah. with Friends Are Wrong. Yeah, I know, amazing, so so cool. Uh, Nathan, what's your what's your take on the Violent Femmes? Oh, I mean, I love the Violent Femmes. Yep, like, you, you have to. I saw them at Big Day Out a few years ago. Oh, and, nice. And that was just that was so much fun. I saw them when Tool were playing in the main arena, and I just I, the whole time I was like, I'm having so much more fun. <laughs> Then a whole lot of people. God, was that the 1993 Hottest 100 convention? Dennis Leary was doing stand up on the other stage. (laughs) But they're great. They're great. And this song is good. Like it comes. I don't know. It's lacking a little something for me. I don't know if that's just the production thing. Like because it it really does sound 1986. And like I don't know. I can't. I can't get right into it because of that. It just feels a little shallow. But the horn line is great. Yeah, the lyrics are great. Like the horn line kind of reminds me of um, my boyfriend's back. Yeah, the whole time I listened to it, I was like, this sounds like something, and then last sure. night I realised what it was. Even for 1986, it sounds a little bit... It does. It sounds a little bit oh, retro for 1986. Yeah. But knowing the films, I'm like, maybe that's a thing, and especially yeah. with that horn line yeah. sounding so classic, maybe, yeah, you know, like... Sure. Yeah, sure. Who knows? I, I can't pretend to know their motives. Yeah. The Femmes move in mysterious ways. <laughs> uh, now, Adam, we've we've mentioned uh, going beyond Blister in the Sun. Have you gone beyond Blister in the Sun with these guys? No, no I haven't yet. Uh, but this song is great. This song is we've awesome. got a fucking casual in the room. Right. Right? <laughs> but if, but if this 
if this is an uh, introduction, let it be a great one. Because yes, indeed. those first few records are just impeccable. Yeah, well, I mean, like, it seems as though they're playing with a really wide variety of sounds. And whenever I hear, like, a couple of songs from a band that I don't know particularly well, and they come in and they're vastly different, it makes me want to go and listen to the yeah. albums because it's just like, I, I have no idea what to expect from any given track. It's kind of like a... And that's the fans in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah, totally, right? Like yeah, yeah. They're such an eclectic bunch of musicians yeah. and, and everything they make is so... Yeah. They're yeah. interestingly different. All yeah, the cool. You said before that you thought they were under Right, and I think part of that is just because there's something just a little bit weird about it all. Oh, it's, totally. not like, it's not like it's not outside of music by any stretch, but there is that. I wouldn't be surprised to see them pick, say, outside of musicians to open for them. They have that mm. kind of affinity for like, sure, you, like your sure. jam deck and stuff. Well, it's, there's, there's yeah. something about having a band who has a defi- like a definite sound, and you can automatically as soon as they come on, yeah. like, yep, that's. You know, Interpol, for example, exactly, I think is a yeah. classic example of that kind of band and whatever. And that's Interpol that's... a classic now? God, I'm old. <laughs> no, no, no. It's <laughs> a classic like, rock. I mean, like they're a great example of, of a band that has a sound. Like, sure. An, yeah. Inter- an Interpol song sometimes is like, yep, that's, that's Interpol. When yeah. I heard when I heard the new Interpol song recently, I went, mm, that's a new Interpol song. It sure <laughs> is. That's exactly what it says on the tin. Yeah. Um, I love Interpol, so don't feel like I'm making fun. No, of them. I that's love exactly. Them too. But yeah. that's exactly it. Like, there are some bands that do that and. In, in some ways they're a lot easier to like because to like a band that has a wide variety of sounds you yourself have to like a wide variety of sounds or else you're only going to like a certain portion of their discography and so to call yourself a fan of that so I, yeah. maybe the Violet Femmes is like one of those bands which is yeah. great I'm, I'm so glad you cleared that up about the 86 thing as well because yeah. I got so confused yeah. Yeah. I mean like someone can release a song now and make it seem like it's from the 80s yeah Yeah. and it's like alright you're M83 like that's I've got a a problem with this but like when I go in expecting to hear a song sounding like it's from 93 and then it's from 86 and then it it sounds like like it's from the 70s yeah (laughs) Yeah, exactly so I was just like man what where am I I've gone through a time it's all over the place man I'm not sure if we do get to talk about the Femmes again that's at some sad. point. Unfortunately not. I um, When was American Music released? Oh, God. That's a great question. Might have been a couple of years after. Because that's Jam City. That's it is a fucking great tune. Yeah. That's that's one of my absolute favourites. Another know. constantly... It's so Baby. Yeah. Uh, but still, we had this moment and that's all that counts. And number 13, for the first of their 94,762 appearances <laughs> in the Hottest 100, here's the Red Hot Chili Peppers with Soul to Squares. Brain is where 
Green with Soul to Squeeze. Adam. We want Chili Willy. We sure <laughs> want Chili And we are going to get Chili Willy. Yeah. We're going to get a fuck ton of Chili Willy over the next few years. Great. <laughs> I'll be sitting in the bar stool waiting for it. Yeah. Uh, what's your relationship here? Is it, was it a high school thing? Was yeah, you, totally. Yeah? I think everyone, everyone got into the Chili Peppers at high school, didn't they? Like, really, you had to. You couldn't even if not... For a, even if for a time. Even if for, like, it. a moment. Yeah. I think that's the thing with the Chili Peppers. I think everyone has a relationship to them. Like, because they are just such a, a mainstream, present, visible band. Yeah, like, sure. If, if you have heard music, you've probably ended up hearing a Chili Pepper song. Um, <laughs> reminded saying that about that Nick Cave quote. You know that one? Was, oh, <laughs> yeah, whenever, whenever I, whenever I hear a song that I hate. I'm wait. always in a club asking, what the fuck is this shit? So the always answer is the always the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So we know Nick Cave's position. <laughs> yeah. um, I guess I'm a little Nick. I'm a little bit more ambivalent with the Chili Peppers. I think, like, because they are so visible and present and and kind of mainstream, and not necessarily saying mainstream is a derogatory thing, but just Mm. because they are so there, you know, and their fan base is so wide and varied, and, I mean, so is the sounds of discography to some extent as well, even though, like, they've they've always got the Chili Peppers kind of signature things going on, like, and there's so many singles and whatever, so I, I don't know, like, I... I feel like I maybe even don't need to call myself a Chili Peppers fan because it's like I don't I don't need it's it's there anyway like I don't yeah. need to go out of my way with you're the Chili a, Peppers. You're just a statistic more to those guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, a certain way. Yeah, you know, I mean, I I didn't go and see them when they played a big day out in favor of going and seeing Falls instead. You know what I mean? Fuck like, yeah, so that's a correct uh, option. Yeah, so yeah, totally. I mean that that kind I of would have gone and seen a wall. And now back to the wall. (laughs) (laughs) I think I know what you're going to see with this. But as for for this song, like, I first got introduced to the song uh, when I was in high school because I played guitar and my guitar teacher showed it to me. He's like, today we're going to learn how to play Soldier Squeeze. And if you haven't heard the song, you should hear the song because it's really nice. And you know what? Like, in terms of the Chili Peppers songs, I think it is. It's mad chill. The bass line, I mean, is frequently the hero in the Chili Peppers songs. Oh, totally. Especially in this track. Um, and and then we've got that magical moment when Ketus s- just stops saying words and starts just making Ketus like sounds. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that's just, just as Ketus wants to do. Ketus want to do that. Yeah. And it's, it's, there's actually there's something so like loose about this track. Um, but like the melodies that are within there are beautiful. And that moment where it busts out, like in that kind of and, and the Chili Peppers do this really well I think as well just like the it kind of bursts open and, yeah they get know. Jam City yeah it just yeah. it's, it's heaps jammy and, and kind of wider yeah. and and really great yeah I pay it I think, yeah I, think, I pay um, the track yeah I think like, actually like they're always there ever present and visible I think that's a really cogent point to make because I think that this song like I say this about virtually every single Chili Peppers song I've ever heard and that is it's nice radio friendly safe rock with yeah. some interesting ideas and some boring ones um, yeah, yeah, it's okay. I like it. It's actually a pretty lovely song. I think. Um, really, I have I have pretty heavy nostalgia. I was expecting like a Mr. Wendell moment. Or something. <laughs> no, 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 no. I have pretty heavy. Here's why this song is racist. <laughs> it was on. I think. Um, I either it, either it was on that what hits. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, is this like a CD you got given when you were younger? No, no. See, that was constantly in my parents' household. Uh, I don't know where they got it. Well, from. the whole series they religiously bought the What Hits. No, 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 no. Chili's released a compilation of What Hits called What Hits. Oh, I thought it was like yeah. you know, like so hits, so hits, yeah. so, so fresh yeah. music yeah. Yeah. now. Yeah. It's a summer now. <laughs> now this is music. No, <laughs> um, no, it's um. <laughs> It's like yeah, so I have I know it from that. So I know, I, I remember yeah. hearing it when I was kind of seven, and I'm like, oh right. man, I, I liked it then. So yeah, to a certain degree, I hear it and I go, 
there is that very heavy nostalgic link for us. Maybe that's why I pay it more than I perhaps should. Yeah. But it's a lovely song. It's like every Chili Pepper song. It's generic to a certain degree and interesting in certain parts. Yep. But yeah, I'm never going to. God, like, I'm pretty sure like, I, like they're not a band that I ever put on ever like, yeah right if you're at a barbecue I'm not going to complain but I might, not, I might not go back to the second barbecue <laughs> yeah, like, honestly honestly, just imagining you at a barbecue is just is, is just doing wonders <laughs> right right now. Do, you, do you bring me tofu because I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty hungry just standing there in the corner just like yeah. this, is, this is so passe it's so clever, man Why? <laughs> <laughs> make you think <laughs> make you think I loved the Red Hot Chili Peppers back in the day. You will note the past tense. I was obsessed. <laughs> I was obsessed with this band. Like most most people were my age. Like in my first ever band, one of the first songs we ever learnt together was "Fucking Other Side." Yeah, uh, right. yeah. When I was thirteen, the greatest hit, like Red Hot Chili Peppers' greatest hits album, not what hits, but greatest hits came out, and they had "Fortune Faded" on it and shit like that, and "Salt Squeeze" was on it as well. So uh, it was it was a yeah. That was going to be one of the most present greatest hits albums I've ever seen. I reckon. Oh like, yeah, the car. I can picture the cover in my head perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know exactly. That greatest yeah. hits. So if you long. lived in the suburbs, you were issued it, yeah. as Wayne Twelve put it. But yeah. but it, on that, this track itself wasn't released on an album because it was yeah, this for is, the Coneheads film. Yeah, it was. Yeah, oh. with, with Dan Aykroyd. That's yeah. Right. yeah, Coneheads, guys. Yeah, fucking yeah. Coneheads. Coneheads. This is probably so. This is probably the band's biggest non-album single. Uh, I, I think it's I think it's uh, from this period at, at least it's one of their better tracks. Purely from an instrumental standpoint, I have a yeah. great affinity for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I think John Frusciante is a remarkable guitarist who knows oh, yeah. who knows not only how to work in like the wild like Hendrix esque avant garde and like really cool like pop hooks like he knows how to write a great pop riff like the second you hear it you're just like that's him that's mm-hmm. the Red Chili Peppers and same with Fleet like an incredible musician just yeah. like purely from an objective standpoint Flea is a fucking amazing musician yeah. like he practices for four hours a day every day like he's one of those kind of musicians mm-hmm. that knows his instrument inside out Chad Smith fucking tight as a duck's ass you know such a great drummer and then we've got Anthony. <laughs> Hi, Anthony. Uh, now, like, we've been chatting to the rest of the band. Yeah. <laughs> you are the weakest link. <laughs> Goodbye. Most people, my most like teenage rock bogans, uh, went through Red Soldier Squeeze, thought it was deep, and then five years later, Scar Tissue. What? Was, oh yeah, yeah, yeah fucking Scar yeah. Tissue. Yeah. And yeah. then read that, I was just like, oh wow, man, he's so deep. And then five years later. Actually, that whole thing's a little bit bullshit now that I think about it. Like, he's horrible. I'm not an Anthony Kiedis fan at all. Right. Like, you have to admit that like there's something unique about his voice. And he oh, lands totally. a that's, character that's, to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, he definitely has that, that flair to it. And but... he loves California. <laughs> sex, yeah. drugs, and California. Yeah. If you find a song that isn't about sex, drugs, or California <laughs> in the Red Hot Chili Peppers discography, I will die of shock. Well, this one's about Coneheads. Yeah. <laughs> Californian Coneheads. <laughs> I don't actually see Coneheads. Did I miss? Did you guys see it? No, you haven't. It's, it's based oh, on. Oh, an you saw it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's an SNL skit. Yeah, it's based on. Yeah. It's a very long one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Should have stayed that way. And about uh, shoe. <laughs> <laughs> no tongue. <laughs> 
I guess my relationship with the Chili Peppers now is that it's a small doses thing. Like, if yeah. one of their songs comes on, it's just like, yeah, sure, totally. And I can talk at length about how my I loved them back in the day. I saw them in 2007, and obviously at that time it was like, oh, fuck, yeah, this was amazing. And then a few years later, same with reading Scar Tissue. Actually, that was a little bit bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> You're a little bit bullshit, Rodoxia. It's all a con. <laughs> Nathan, have you have you got uh, you, what side of the fence are you on here? I, I bought, by the way, when it came out, I got blood yeah. on my hands too. That was one of my favourites. Yeah. Uh, we're not favourites, but like one of my early CDs. That, that was I one of the first yeah, records I bought. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's like, and story. it's fine. Like They have a bunch of good songs. It's It's fine. My brother got really into them. Oh, uh, like how into like, it are we talking? Incredibly, like just listen like, to them non- staggeringly. Listen to them nonstop for six months, and like wow. this was like a few years after I had decided that they were not for me. So like they became less for me. Yeah, uh, this song I think it doesn't do it for me. It, like there are far better Red Hot Chili Peppers songs. I kind of feel like they're phoning in for the first couple of verses. I think there's songs that do the funk better. That do the singing better, that do the guitar better, that do the chill better. Like, there's no part in this that I couldn't think of a better song for that part. Huh, it okay. just, it, yeah, I don't know. Towards the end, when everything comes in a bit more, that's a bit more fun. And like, yep. it's it's okay, it's okay. But like, it just doesn't do anything for me. But, but. compared to early party funk rock Red Hot Chili Peppers, <laughs> even other Chili Pepper songs are tolerable. So this is okay. Really, yeah. you don't like oh, like the like, super old like Catholic schoolgirls rule? And oh shit. my god! I'd like no. <laughs> Where I would leave that here? barbecue. <laughs> I would not talk to anyone about barbecue again. <laughs> really? I'm all about Catholic schoolgirls, man. I love that track. No, the like, early somebody, stuff. Somebody, just, where's somebody, where's somebody, that one from? Freaky Styling? Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's that really stuff early. just it shits me to tears. And part of that is probably because my brother played it a lot oh, when I did right, not want yeah, to ever hear sure. it. But I just like no, no way. So you, you guys all kind of picked up around Blood Sugar. Yeah, Blood yeah, Sugar, Sex yeah. Magic. So that's about as far back as I've gone with the Chili yeah. Peppers. Okay. And, then, and then obviously you know that's a gateway drug to Californication. Yes. And then you know, but it all started with By the Way. It started with By the Way. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was that was what was happening at the time. But then yeah. you kind of trace back from there. Yeah. Uh, now before we move on, I just wanted to share with you guys one of my favorite Chili Peppers stories that I heard recently. A listener of the podcast and friend of mine, Josh Doughton, who plays in amazing Sydney band Ted Dancing with Wolves. Love him. Amazing band, uh, who released a fucking great album this year called WWTD WWD. Strongly recommend it. Now, when he's not playing in Ted Dancing with Wolves, he is a guitar teacher. And he teaches as young as about six or seven years old up to about 15, 16, you know, so mid-teenagers. While he was waiting for one of his older students to turn up, he was listening to the new Idols record, who were a great grindcore band from Sydney, uh, Brisbane rather, plug. Anyway, the kid walks in. For some reason, this kid is got permission from his parents to get a tattoo, right? How was a kid? Like 16 or whatever. Cool like, kid. Yeah, totally cool kid. Uh, Wait till we hear what the tattoo is. Oh, you're gonna, you're, you guys are going to flip shit when you hear what he did. Uh, so he walks in and just says to Josh, Hey man, how about we listen to some... Holds out his arm. Oh no. Oh, here it pulls is. up his sleeve. Stop kid, stop. Yeah. I don't want to hear anymore. And Coming reveals a wrist tattoo of the Red Hot Chili Peppers asterisk. Oh no. Hey man, how about we listen to some dramatic wrist reveal real music? Uh, 
Tip of the hat to you, my friend. Oh <laughs> my god! Like, is it just the asterisk, or did it have red hot chili peppers underneath it? As no, well? no, no. It just it was it was like that asterisk. At you least know, you can cover that up pretty easily. <laughs> <laughs> at, least, at least later on, you can just be like, "Well, I just love grammar. Yeah. Yeah. I love I love footnotes. Yeah. I love guys. corrections. <laughs> just start playing tennis and always wear wristbands." Yeah. <laughs> so thank you, Josh, for that fucking amazing oh, story. That's rough. <laughs> Not a cool kid. I take that back. <laughs> Uh, we will uh, we'll see you soon, Chili Peppers, whenever that may be. Chili Willy. Chili Willy! And number 12, here's the Stone Temple Pilots with Plush. Another grunge song about dogs. <laughs> it talks about do- what is happening. Why is this number twelve? It's <laughs> so Why upsetting. Dude, like, just like right off the bat, it's not a good song. It's like it's a pale, shallow <laughs> imitation of the stuff that Pearl Jam and Allison Changes have are already doing in the countdown. Like this doesn't do anything. Yeah. I don't get anything from this. This is it's just silly and it's bad. The best thing about the Stone Temple Pilots is that later on uh, Scott Weiland leaves them and they get Chester Bennington from Linkin Park to sing for them. That's beautiful. They get the joke. He's just done a a whole album with them. I'm terrified to think what that's going to sound like. Oh my god. And because like I'm probably going to get most of this wrong because I didn't care enough to read it properly. But so Scott... The band wanted to do um, a 20-year anniversary tour of this album, Core. Yes. And Scott was like, oh, I'm a crappy singer now. My range can't handle it. And they're like, dude, that, that sucks of you, but whatever. We'll just keep playing our normal shows. And then later on, Scott was like, like I'm like- going to do a solo tour of the 20th anniversary of Core. And I was like, what the what fuck are you think? talking about? You're out of here. We're getting this guy from Linkin Park. Everyone's a loser in that story. <laughs> Especially not, to, not to be outdone, Scott Whelan is now joined Disturbed, so yeah. you know it's kind yeah. of an evil, evil just playing field. Spreading the loss to more yeah. bands. Yeah. Yeah. It's just an infection that keeps yeah. going. This is not a good song yeah. for my money. Please yeah. disagree with me. Oh wrong. no, I would, like, hate, I would hate to disagree. Yeah, honestly, bad. like my relationship to this band actually started with uh, Velvet Revolver yeah. in yeah. 2005. 
Uh, so I was about 14 at the time. Obviously, I was just like, oh, that's Slash. Oh, that's that's another guy who used to be in Guns N' Roses. Who were these other guys? Yeah, I my, didn't my know understanding who's... is that Stone Temple Pilots. Wait, got... you don't know who Velvet Revolver? Is? Oh no, I don't know Velvet Revolver. Yeah. I didn't realize yeah. there was a Stone Temple Pilots. Element. Scott Whelan yeah. is the lead singer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and he was in Velvet Revolver. Yeah, he was yeah. the lead singer of Velvet Revolver. Oh, he was yeah. the lead singer of Velvet Revolver. Yeah. Oh, okay. Then you've got Dave Kushner who played with Ozzy Osbourne and Matt Sorum who drummed for. Uh, in a later period, like in the like late eighties, early nineties, for a generic supergroup of everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt Sorum played for uh, the Cult, and he also played in Guns N' Roses. So, yeah. Okay. My understanding is that Stone Temple Pilots get a bit better and start like actually, you know, trying different things and and like just trying yeah, different experimentation inter- and yeah, instrumentation. It's and stuff interesting. Like that. They're right. another kind of grunge era band quite similar to Alison Chains who have come up a couple of times in this countdown that I completely missed. Yeah. Whereas yeah, it's kind yeah. of just like, oh yeah, that was kind of happening as well. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, it's, it's MTV as fuck. Oh, yeah. totally. It is so, so MTV. I think this turned up on the soundtrack to Vice City or... Of course yeah. Yeah. So I, I remember just cruising around listening to like the Radio X or whatever the fuck it's called and just jamming this. And so I, I guess I've kind of grown a bit fond of that this track for that reason, just like having that context in my head. But I've never really investigated the band further. I know some, some friends of mine... Uh, who were like obsessive fans like followed them on tour yeah. last time they were out well, here and stuff they, like that that's the thing about this song is that like people regard it as a classic and they Stone Temple Pilots have this massive following yeah yeah they, they have a like they have a pretty positive rep like yeah they really do like, I've never looked into them but like if someone mentions Stone Temple Pilots like oh right they're like a rock band that a lot of a lot of reasonable people seem to like, but yeah, maybe that's right. not true. Well, this, this song popped up on a uh, on a list that, I forget which magazine it was, one of the major ones did. It's like, can you believe these songs are 20 years old? Like, huh. And it was all uh. these really heaps endearing songs, uh, and it was obviously published last year. And this is one of them. Um, and this was one of them huh. that they mentioned. Yes, I can believe that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, um, uh, I was, was looking into it, this song, of course, was featured in uh, Beavis and Butthead. I'm talking about everything on it, and they see now say it takes a lot more than bears to make a video cool, and I think that's the highest praise I can afford the fucking song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that that kind no of no relationship with SCP in general. No, no? This is that that kind of putrid jock rock that is squarely targeted at people who are not me. Like, <laughs> no time for it. I like I, 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 I've grunge at best. I have a flirting relationship with. Yeah, and this yeah. is just you guys keep it casual. Yeah, yeah and, and this is even. Beyond that. This reminds me a lot of that. Uh, there's this amazing bit of uh, stand up from Henry Rollins ar- around this period where he's just like, You put on the radio, uh, like rock radio, and it sounds like the first half of a really mediocre album. When you realize it's by six different bands, that's when. <laughs> yeah. All uh, of them sound. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. Is this the Creed yeah. guy? Is this Proto Day- Creed. Yeah. Is this the Days of the New guy? You know, it's like. A, and then you just get. Pring! Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And he just goes into this whole rant about, like, safe alternative rock. Yeah. Yeah. It's. <laughs> can you guys get any meaning from the song either? Like, I've. Tr- I've really. Yeah. I really tried. I, 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 so, I, I, I don't uh, 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 to, just to just to quote Nathan Harrison, it's it's just about yeah. the dogs. <laughs> potentially, this one isn't just, but it is enough. It seems like I don't know. It keeps mentioning dogs. We should, yeah, we, should we should we should start up a big cartel for Hot Sun Hundreds and Thousands. Get a shirt that just says it's just, just about the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's our first T-shirt. Yes, 
we'll be branching to merch. That would be, yeah. Also, also, I don't know, something with Dave Graney? Yeah. Probably. Malignant yeah. Grain. Da- Dave Graney will hate it. He'll get really sad. Just, just him giving the two finger guns and then, then underneath it's like, <laughs> Grainer's gonna grain. <laughs> I like that. I, I would wear that. Yeah, but I don't know, like, I heard that it was about, like, a, a missing girl, but I don't Ooh, get that. Maybe. Soul Asylum tie-in. No. Hey. <laughs> the best Just when we thought it couldn't get worse. <laughs> the best kind of tie-in. <laughs> Scott Whelan. Missing since 1993. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe I've... a few had jumped in on this as well. Who knows? <laughs> I'm not going to contest any uh, opinions that have been voiced of the song thus far. Okay. Nothing to say. That's it's it? It's that, it's that generic. That's it? Stone Temple Pilots How is it number silly. 12? How is it number 12? How the fuck is like, it number 12? Because people How? love it. Yeah. Some people love it. We're, we're not those people. Some no. people do love it. <laughs> I don't know. I'd like, to, I'd like to hear why. As you'll find out in the next episode, this would have been a very different countdown if we were in charge of the yeah. voting. <laughs> Look forward to that. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Just a little bit, bit of a spoiler, yeah. Bit of yeah. sizzle for episode 19. See you there. We're wafting. We're wafting sense. <laughs> One last song to talk about today. At number 11, this is R.E.M. with Everybody Hurts. Everybody Hurts. This marks Michael Stipe's third entry in this Hottest 100. Well done, Stipey. Yeah. Yeah. Tying tying only with the cruel scene uh, for most appearances in the 1993 Hottest 100. Truly has earned his stipes. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Got wings. (laughs) In 2003, R.E.M. released uh, their second greatest hits album entitled In Time, which covered the years from 1988 to 2003. For each of the songs that were featured on that, Peter Buck, R.E.M.'s guitarist and one of its founding members, discussed each song in full and his relationship with it. When it came to talking about Everybody Hurts, one line stuck out to me. This song doesn't really belong to us anymore. And I, I fully agree with that. It was a song that really connected with so many people on so many levels and has done for so many, so many years. It is a defining opus. If R.E.M. are going to be remembered for anything apart from maybe losing my religion, this is probably it. This is one of their best-known songs and one of the 
highest praised and most critically acclaimed and worldwide adored songs in the history of recorded music. And I'm fully aware, like, I'm probably just going to get mocked mercilessly for it, but I cannot imagine my life without this song. From the second I heard it, from the second that Tinny Little Drum Machine came in and those opening chords just started getting picked out, I'd never heard anything like it. To this day, I probably still haven't. I'm fully aware it's a, it's, it's a very cliched, like, oh, I know that feel, bro, kind of song, but I, it just, so, it means... Sometimes you know that feel. Yeah, sometimes mm-hmm. you do. I, this song means the absolute fucking world to me, uh, and I will. I, it's difficult for me to talk about. Like I've, I've mentioned previously, REM are my all-time favorite band. Uh, Automatic for the people, potentially my all-time favorite album. It's very, very close. It's probably either that or Transatlanticism, but uh, we never get to talk about Death Cab, so we won't get into that. Now, Automatic for the People completely changed my life when I first heard it. It's an album I know back to front, word for word. Every little bit, every little layer, uh, it's just a record that has stuck with me uh, throughout my entire life, and uh, I have more of a relationship with that than I have with a lot of humans. And, uh, <laughs> and we should point out as well, like when you when you say all this stuff, this is like quantified number one. It's not like when you say this is like one of the greatest bands. Like this is the number uh, one greatest band for you. Fuck you, Adam. No, no, no. <laughs> just, just say like this, this. This is this is for real, right? Here. Oh, this, is, this is the legit. There are life. there are fewer things in the world that I love, have loved, and will love more than R.E.M. It's interesting uh, what you say. Yeah. Uh, this is... This is uh, I've said my piece. Go, go you, for it. You're, you're out. out. Yeah, 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 I'm it, done. It's interesting that you said that you find it hard to articulate, and I think that's a, that says something about this song, that it's so... Like, there's only so much that you can say about it. In a way, it almost transcends a kind of criticism, because it's so... It hits you in a way that... I guess it really hits you just in the id. Like, it's a real... It's so direct. It's a carnal yeah. direct. It's so... It wears the heart on its sleeve, and it's so... It'll be, like... Part of me doesn't want to like it, because it's so, so on heart on the sleeve, but it mm. just... It's so genuine, and it's so legitimate, heartfelt, like, a, a, such a legitimate, heart-feeling song, that it, it, it transcends any kind of criticism that I have for it. I don't love it as much as I do, say, like, Man on the Moon, for instance. I think that's a much better song. Um, I think there's a handful of RM songs that I love a lot more and will go to a lot more. And indeed, not, not just because I find this song hits home, because like I don't really have a huge connection with it. But the fact that it's so wonderful that I'm like it's such a great song that I'm almost able to remove it from its cliche place in pop culture. The fact that it's that legitimately wonderful yeah. a song, I'm almost able to be like, you know what? I don't care that I've heard it 50 billion times. Or well, not entirely. Am I able to do that? And that isn't the song's fault. Um, I guess to a certain degree, you're only you're you are only as good as your fans. But um, like it's it's good. It's not as great as everyone says. I don't feel, but I do think it's a wonderful song. I totally agree. Just in terms of like that pop cultural thing, like listening back to it, you know, for this, it's like man, like it's so hard not to think of the scene in the American Office where Dwight listens to it in his car, yeah. which is just a joke. Played it's, for jokes. It's, it's that, so hard yeah, not so to honestly, think about yeah. Simon Cowell making it that like superstar to, um, yeah. hi- uh, Haiti like charity here and just being super cynical about that but the song is so direct and it's yeah. so it has so much humility and vulnerability to it that yeah. you kind of just you, you have to ignore all that yeah. stuff because yeah. the it's, song is coming to you yeah. directly Stripe's voice is what transcends it from being just like a cliche oh, totally his yeah. vocal performance he's, is outstanding he's, he's wounded it's like, yeah, like, yeah yeah 
And I think uh, there's something to be said about the way that has been mimetically kind of morphed mm. to become kind of funny and to yeah. have kind of comic elements and to be played for laughs. Like, I think the only reason that that is the case is because if you did take it at face value, that's often, like, it's too much to deal yeah. with. Mm. Like, some people can't connect or can't open themselves up in that, yeah. in that raw kind of way. And so it has kind of become this kind of... As a shield. Tragically, yeah. Yeah, to- I think that's totally what happens. And, you know, like, I think it's really interesting to look at that way. And what's kind of more interesting in a way is you look at the cultural landscape of the 90s, which is drenched in irony. You know, people often talk yeah, exactly. about the culture mm. of the 90s being ironic. Cynical this ironic. is the this least is the opposite, ironic yeah. song yeah, that has ever, yeah. ever existed. <laughs> yeah, yeah and- there's, there's no ironic smirk there. And I think that R.E.M. do trade in irony to a certain degree. They had that yeah. kind of smart... They're, like, they're, they're certainly one of the... Like in a room, they'd be one of the smartest groups in the room. But they, oh, yeah, they're, yeah. they're not like a dumb band. No, but totally. like they, they, they would be able to employ some irony and be fun and word playful kind of thing like that. But this song doesn't really have that. It's just a genuine. It's so like heartfelt. I keep using that term, but it's just so fucking heartfelt. Yeah. Like it's so legitimate. Dave, you might need to back me up in this anecdote because you probably know it better than I do. But right. about the drum machine in this track, yes, uh, because the drummer left. Uh, he hadn't left by this point, but he wasn't. This he, he was supposed to record, and he didn't. Yeah, and it was it was he was kind of in the process of leaving, and they're like, "Fuck it, we'll use the drum machine." And so his absence, yeah, right. is kind of even more powerful. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, can't, on this I, can't, track. I can't picture that. He does. Machine. He does come in towards the end. Uh, there are. Oh, that's even, that, that's even yeah. better. Yeah. Like, yeah, but but I, I heard that initially that was kind of what the drum machine yeah, was. So it was to it, mark that the was, absence that was what of the using for the demo version, which is beautiful. It, it stuck around. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 yeah, it became a very uh, distinctive trait of the song itself. I'm 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 honestly glad. I thought I was just gonna get, get like like I said, mercilessly mocked for this. It's it's the song transcends it. Like yeah. The, yeah. there is so little space in popular culture for this kind of vulnerability. Yeah. But this song has carved out its own niche and like it's it's so hard to touch it for that. I'm gonna be honest though, like I, I am consciously talking about it in a more open way than I would normally because I I find it really difficult to not go yeah, exactly. the way of the culture and go no, to that same. go yeah. to that comic because it's so done we can yeah. it's kind of like Schadenfreude in yeah. a way like, like but it, yeah. it has that to it that's the problem because so, yeah I mean I got told a story once of oh, it's, it's even horrible to say but like no, go on. someone I like a friend of mine's dad was going through like a horrible divorce and there was yeah. a story about him driving around with this, with this song on loop yeah oh, wow. and it's just like kind of, oh, yeah. but, but, but like from the outside yeah but like yeah. for him, him. Like, there, there are so little songs that can do that for so many people yeah, yeah. well that's that's and like, the thing we, like, we could all snigger about it but if we were if we were feeling shitty and by ourselves and listen to this song we would have a thing. Exactly, like, yeah. Totally. We, that's exactly it. it if you cool. allowed yourself if you didn't try and put up because I mean it's still it's still kind of like you have to. It's the allowing. It's the allowing. Yeah. The I guess it could be perceived as weakness, but it's not. Like no, it's just. It's, 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 it's not stoic. No, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's removing yourself from like to a certain degree masculinity, to a certain degree irony, yeah. and being able to accept it for what it is. If I had, I, I didn't hear this song, but if I heard this song when I was going through like a terrible breakup, kind of thing like that, I probably would have choked up a little bit. It's that it has that kind of effect. Yeah, like yeah. it would have that kind of effect. I think that. It, when if you are at your lowest, if you are full of hurt, yeah. and you hear this song where you are so wounded that you don't have it in you, like you, you forget to put your shield up, yeah, and you and you would hear this song, it would connect with you in a crazily deep way, and that's the beauty of this, I think. Yeah. And like, in the end, like that message that you are not alone, yeah, like hold on, like yeah. man, it's good shit, yeah, like mm-hmm. we're all in this together, yeah. and everyone does hurt, and I'm at my lowest, but people have been here before, yeah. like 
Yes, Dyer. That's yeah, man. Wow. Got to wow. party hard. You got to party hard. That brings us to the end of yet another episode of Hottest 100s and Thousands. Thank you so much for listening. Before we get out of here, we are going to be discussing our favourites and our least favourites from this week. We're starting with Adam. I'm going to go Solar Squeeze for my favourite. Oh, okay. Wow. Sure. Yeah, because, I don't know, I like I like it. I like the fact, I mean, I'll have my chilli peppers the most chilli peppers that they can they can chilli, you know? I'll have the chilliest willy you have. Yeah. <laughs> and for least? Oh, uh, I'm going to go plush. Mm. Fair Because enough. I don't get it. Nathan. And I want to get it. Yeah, I don't want to. Well, no, I don't no. actually get it. I'm, I'm okay. content, like, yeah. never. I'm curious. Yeah. No, plush for least favourite, definitely. But I think, I think Everybody Hurts is my favourite. I think that's... Everybody Hurts is a song that we haven't heard anything like in the countdown before. Yeah. Probably never will again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. 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 Everybody Hurts, of course, for me, and Plush, Fully's favourite. I'm not going to go against the Plush hate train. It is definitely <laughs> the worst of the fire. My favourite is I Held Her In My Arms. All right. Nice one. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for all of your support so far. You know the deal by now. We are on iTunes, so rate, review, subscribe, get amongst it. We're on Facebook and we're on WordPress. Hottest 100s and 1000s. You know where the numbers go. You know where the punctuation goes. It doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> so, click those links. Get among it. Send us some death threats. Like, do what, you, do what you need to do. Just get it out of your system. Just thank you for supporting us on this crazy little journey. It is so awesome to see. Uh, really appreciate all the kind words that have been coming yeah. through and all of the support. It has been amazing. So, thank you again for listening. On behalf of Mr. Adam Buncher... We hope you're okay. Everybody hurts. Indeed. On behalf of Mr. Nathan Harrison... I don't want to say one of those lines because it's too cheesy like, to say, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that works. But and, I do wish they're okay. And on behalf of Mr. Andrew McDonald... Hold me in your arms. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. I will. <laughs> My name is David James Young. Keep music evil. Goodbye. <laughs>